the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Better Life with Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston. Join Dr. Pinkston today as she teaches you how an integrative approach to health, combining holistic and contemporary medical information, can lead you to The Better Life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Marianne Pinkston. This is The Better Life with Dr. Pinkston. Welcome in. I am going to bring you today, we're going to talk about inflammation. So inflammation is, uh, no pun intended, a hot topic. Your body has a fire inside and it is burning and it's causing heart disease, dementia, kidney disease, all sorts of things. And so I bring in Dr. Warren Lesser today. Uh, to help us talk a little bit about inflammation. He's with Magna Pharmaceuticals, who I talk about all the time, one of my sponsors, and I appreciate you guys very much. Welcome in. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Well, let's jump in. Tell us a little bit about what, uh, what, your, uh, what your thoughts are on inflammation. Okay, so the uh, presentation that I have today is talking about reducing chronic systemic inflammation by making healthy choices. So the first part of this presentation will be talking about the problems with high homocysteine And then we're going to talk about some solutions, some choices that we can make, smart choices, to alleviate the problem. Now, the the whole theme of this presentation is built around a really good quotation from Nature Medicine. And the author stated, one of the most important medical discoveries of the past two decades has been that the immune system and inflammatory processes are involved in not just a few select disorders, but a wide variety of mental and physical health problems that dominate present-day morbidity and mortality worldwide. Uh, so, I, you know, when I take a break from my, my busy uh, daily schedule and go back and look at some research, for example, when we prepare, uh, preparing for this uh, presentation, I'm reminded of the psalmist who said that we are wonderfully, um, uh, I mean, fearfully and wonderfully made. And I, I think about that, especially with the immune system, although we have made many advances in medical science over the past decades, there's still so much we just don't know. Right. And this is a fascinating subject. But homocysteine, there's no way that I'm going to state that homocysteine is the panacea for all systemic chronic inflammation problems, but it's important. And that's one of the things that we can do is control homocysteine. So homocysteine is implicated in SCI. I've just referred to it as SCI, systemic chronic inflammation. It's a broad subject. There's a lot of diseases, as you mentioned, but we'll focus today on three common ones that aren't talked about too often, sarcopenia, metabolic syndrome, and then mental uh, issues that that stem from SCI, including depression and cognitive decline, especially as we get older. Then the importance of homocysteine or too much homocysteine in liver health and also in glutathione production. Glutathione is the main scavenger of of free radicals in our bodies. Very important. And then, of course, close with making some smart uh, lifestyle choices. But to go back for just a minute to kind of recap the last presentation in one slide. Here are four bullet points that I think are really relevant and important for us to keep in mind. High homocysteine levels come from a deficiency of B6, B12, and and actually B9, which is folate in the diet. 
And this comes from consuming too much red meat, too much dairy, some aging, bad lifestyle habits, uh, methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase called MTHR deficiency. And there are some studies now, somewhat controversial, that say that too much exercise, aerobic exercise, increases homocysteine. Well, my answer for that is, well, if you're an aerobic exercise enthusiast, then you better make sure you're taking, you're getting enough B vitamins in your diet. So this is a really strong uh, statement that comes out of uh, Austin Pharmacology and Therapeutics, and it says, a high homocysteine level is the main culprit, and not the only culprit, for brain and vascular diseases, stroke risk, strokes risk, coronary artery, artery disease, arteriosclerosis, and can already uh, uh, augment, or I say make worse, the depleted levels of nitric oxide in diabetic patients, which exacerbates their peripheral neuropathy. So it makes their peripheral circulation even worse because we have less nitric oxide. Nitric oxide causes vasodilatation. So if you have decreased nitric oxide, you have more vasoconstriction. And so they say we actually live in a state of systemic vasoconstriction with less glutathione production. So that, that stems from too much uh, homocysteine in the diet. And then the mental or cognitive conditions associated with high homocysteine levels, stress, depression, cognitive impairment, dementia, Alzheimer's, ALS, Parkinson's, and autism, and there are others as well. So the last statement here is that the proportion of B12 and folate to homocysteine is inversely associated. So when we look at really the, the process of metabolism of homocysteine, we go from the thiamine. So methionine is an essential amino acid that we have, that we get from our diet. A lot of it's from proteins, red meat, uh, poultry, uh, pork, uh, nuts, soybeans, uh, and methionine is necessary for us to be alive. And it's, it then is metabolized into homocysteine. And then the byproduct, the end product that we really want is cysteine, because cysteine reduces systemic inflammation, improves liver health, and improves glutathione in the context of this presentation. And of course, we need these these elements right here: vitamin B B nine, B six B uh, vitamin B nine, B six B twelve, and then the MTHFR enzyme to get to make this happen. So, the conclusion here is that the less cysteine we have, and the more homocysteine we, we have, more systemic chronic inflammation, decreased liver health, and less glutathione. So, let's talk first about systemic chronic inflammation as one of the ramifications for too much homocysteine. And I go to this chart that comes out of Nature Medicine, which is really a good chart. And they talk about on the left side here, some of the causes of systemic chronic inflammation. And we have, of course, uh, diet, which we just mentioned, and then problems with the gut, with uh, with uh, imbalance in the probiotics, prebiotics, the, uh, the biological organisms in our gut. And then, of course, obesity, being physically inactive, chronic infections. They show a tick here. And secondary Lyme disease can have uh, some bad health consequences as, as unless it's treated. It is treatable, as we know. And then down here, disturbed sleep and then xenobiotics are what we find in our environment, like petroleum distillates, hydrocarbons, pesticides. Some of those we can, we can kind of stay away from, but we cannot control our environment totally so that our bodies are susceptible to all kinds of, of endogenous uh, things that happen that we put into our bodies and exogenous factors that then lead to, over time, especially as our immune systems get overworked, they lead to a number of diseases. We talk about cancer a lot uh, associated with systemic chronic inflammation. And we also talked last time a lot about cardiovascular disease. But um, autoimmune diseases like, uh, for example, Crohn's disease or, or uh, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, lupus, these are also implicated from SCI 
neurodegenerative diseases such as ALS. Uh, um, uh, let's see, that's those are diseases that are, come from inflammation, chronic inflammation, and then sarcopenia, and then of course just wearing out the immune system as we get older, called immunosenescence. So what we want to talk about today is just zero in on three of these: metabolic syndrome, and then mental conditions, cognitive decline, and depression, and then what is sarcopenia, which is common, especially in elderly adults. People don't talk about it too often. As we Basically, age, lose our muscle, muscle, right? <laughs> What's that? I'm sorry. As we lose our muscle, we age. That is the definition of aging. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. So, so these are the three areas of focus. And so let's start with SEI. It is, as you said, it's an un- involuntary loss of skeletal muscle and strength. It's, what's fascinating to me is that this starts as early as the fourth decade of life. So in the 40s. And then if, as it goes in a linear fashion so that by the time we reach the 80s, we've lost 50% of our muscle mass. Right. 50%. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. So I did a little math on this. <laughs> and so a 150-pound adult, if you take uh, 60% is muscle mass. So that's 90 pounds, right? And then you lose half of that. You're losing 45 pounds of muscle by the time you're 80. That's your baseline mass. So a 150-pound person is going to 105 pounds. That's a drastic reduction. Right. Uh, and what do you get from that? You go down here and you see that there's there's a loss of function, there's a disability, there's frailty. You see that in older right. people. And then you pop back up here. And the problem is that many people are frail, but they replace the lost muscle mate, muscle weight with a fat weight. <laughs> so they're frail and they don't really look that frail, but they're weak underneath. And especially when they're trying to carry extra weight, that's a compound problem. So then sarcopenia, it's it, as we get older, then our immune systems get tired and they re- re- release more pro-inflammatory molecules from cells. So it actually worsens mm-hmm. uh, systemic chronic inflammation. And then insulin resistance, we, we know that we can't uh, metabolize uh, glucose as well. Tiredness falls, and then maybe mortality. We die before we need to. And so, uh, sarcopenia is a real problem. Uh, We can prevent it, uh, or at least uh, mitigate some of the effects of, or mitigate the incidence of of sarcopenia and the uh, extent of sarcopenia with some lifestyle changes, lifestyle choices early on. So, the second condition that we talk about is metabolic syndrome today. Metabolic syndrome is marked by high high blood sugar, high blood pressure, sorry, blood pressure. High lip is mostly we're we're talking about here, high LDL, and then a large waist size. I don't know about what it is in women, but for men, it's 40 inches or more. Mm -hmm. Um, They call this the, somebody said it's called the Dunlop disease where your belly Dunlops over your belt. (laughs) Exactly. as, as I've gotten older, I noticed even after Christmas, you know, where, where you have those butter cookies that, that was kind of getting too much, too many in, in my diet, yeah. that when you gain a little weight, that it's it's more pronounced. You have less capacity for food because we have more visceral fat right. underneath. Uh, and of course, the last one of the last hallmarks uh, symptom or condi- uh, factor in metabolic syndrome is low HDL. We want high HDL cholesterol yes. in our bodies, yes. in, our, in our bloodstream. Yes. Now, the good news is that Weight loss, exercise, and healthy diet. Of course, if you smoke, stop smoking, don't drink too much alcohol. These are he- healthy choices you can make to uh, kind of ameliorate the uh, metabolic syndrome, uh, uh, actually five, five uh, signs and symptoms here. Um, now, what happens with metabolic syndrome? What can it lead to? What's the, what's the uh, danger of it? Well, okay. stroke, heart disease, we've talked about that already. But organ damage uh, is another common issue. You mentioned kidneys. 
Uh, and then, of course, the liver, gallbladder, type 2 diabetes, that leads to type 2 diabetes in many cases, and then issues with thinking and memory. So that leads us to our third uh, uh, topic of SCI that we want to talk about, which is cognitive decline. When we think about cognitive decline, we often uh, we co- connect cognitive decline with remembering, with memory. But actually, if you have, we have elderly parents or uh, other people in our lives that we, we can actually see that they, there's a lack of judgment in language. Okay. There's maybe a social lack of judgment that comes where their affect is off, where they maybe are not as perceptive as to what other people are saying. Maybe they're more insensitive because they don't see, they don't, they're, 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 cognitive, they're cognitively impaired. Right. So it's not only the memory, but it's learning, remembering, and uh, using judgment. And bad then, money the- choices. A lot of times making very bad you know, uh, financial decisions and, and inability to calculate and things like that, too. Right. Oh, for sure. That's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. And especially they can be more susceptible to people who pray yes. on the elderly. They're, they're less suspecting. Absolutely. What, what's interesting, I find this comment right, right here very interesting, uh, that um, it's not a normal part of aging. Cognitive impairment is not. Right. And we, we know uh, older people that are sharp as tax, right? Absolutely. It's not inevitable. <laughs> and, right. and why is it? Thank you for saying that. Yes, absolutely. It, it's because of lifestyle and just it's just a whole life, uh, lifelong, lifelong effects of making choices that, right. like you said, Dr. Pinkston, were just bad choices. So the, uh, the other thing I was going to say here is that we were talking about folate levels. And what's interesting is that they have been found to be inversely or that they're, they're not they're, yes, they're inversely correlated with dementia and Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. So lower folate means you have more dementia, more cognitive decline, and maybe a higher propensity or chance of getting Alzheimer's, which I think is, is, is significant, especially today since we talk about Alzheimer's so much. Absolutely. Right. So those are three conditions that we kind of highlighted with respect to systemic chronic inflammation. Yes. The next part we want to talk about is liver health. And what does homocysteine have too much homocysteine have to do with liver health? Well, there's two acronyms here, NAFLD and NASH. So NAFLD means non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So this is a fatty liver that's uh, that occurs from diet and from lack of exercise, has nothing to do with alcohol. And then NASH is a little an, off, an offshoot of NAFLD, which is characterized by inflammation of the liver the liver becoming damaged, and then too much fat in the liver, so much fat that it can't function properly. That's NASH. Now, the good news is that weight loss can reduce the uh, the consequences of NAFLD and, and NASH. And fibrosis in the liver, the liver becomes hard. It doesn't function as well. And it's, and it's really interesting that has to do that if we just would lose weight, that our livers would be healthier. Um, and this is pretty good. It comes from the National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Disease in April of 2021. So this is this yeah, is pretty recent. recent uh, this is a recent publication right here. Right. And a good, a good publication as well. A good source. So the the um, what's interesting with respect to liver function, I found this interesting. This comes out of the Journal of, of uh, Hepatology, and this is 2021. So this is also recent. They talk about the fact that. Uh, there's a gut liver brain axis. So the old saying, you are, you are what you eat. Um, the gut affects the liver, which affects the brain. And, uh, so you basically, uh, you could, if you connect these two dots right here, gut to depression, (laughs) I mean, you want a good mood, you want a bad mood. What are you eating? (laughs) It's not quite that, 
It's not quite that simple, but it, but it almost is. Really? I mean, yes. Uh, as, as we're taking a very complex system that's really hard to understand, we're really simplifying it. Absolutely. But, but they make the statement here that gut-derived systemic inflammation is a driver of depression, especially yes. in chronic liver disease. So we're not, we're not able to metabolize that much. So I'm, I'm really uh, moving through quickly. You are moving quickly. And actually, we're going to have to take a very short break here in just a second. And uh, I want everybody to listen in. We got a little uh, commercial that uh, highlights Dr. Lesser and Magna Pharmaceuticals here because I talk a lot about a product called DeNovo, which is something that you make. And it has that methylated B vitamin as well as methylfolate. I take it on a regular basis, saved my life and is saving the lives of a lot of other patients. So we'll let them listen in for just a second and we'll be right back. Depression, anxiety, low energy, weakness, these are just some symptoms of low B12 levels. And the absorbable B12 folate supplement that's helping people declare victory over depression symptoms is DeNovo Plus B12 by Magna Pharmaceuticals. Patients with symptoms of depression often exhibit low levels of folate and vitamin B12. The human body needs sufficient folate intake to produce the essential neurotransmitters serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine. These neurotransmitters alleviate feelings of sadness, anxiety, anxiety, and gloom. What makes DeNovo Plus B12 so successful? DeNovo Plus B12 contains readily absorbable folate and B12. That means it's more successful at correcting the root cause of your deficiency, not just the symptoms. Whether you are suffering with low energy, depression, fatigue, or anxiety, you owe it to yourself to learn more at magnaweb.com. That's magnaweb.com. Please let us know at checkout that you heard about DeNovo Plus B12 on The Better Life with Dr. Pinkston. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for uh, coming back in. We are talking with Dr. Lesser today from Magna Pharmaceuticals. Talking, and, and I'm intense. I'm just, uh, I'm just watching and trying to to keep up. This is amazing information about uh, chronic inflammation in the body. We talked a little bit about metabolic syndrome, and the we uh, we're starting to hit on the liver now. Liver disease is rampant, especially here in South Texas. And so, please do continue. Let us uh, let's hear more about this uh, liver disease. Yeah, hey, well, thank you. So. What, what I was saying is that from the Journal of Hepatology in 2021, they talked about the gut-liver-brain access and the fact that, you know, what we eat basically affects our livers and then our our brain functions. Correct. But how it can lead to depression. So so food choices are really important. And the last the last item I want to talk about with respect to... My too favorite. Much, I'm sorry? My favorite, glutathione. Yeah. Okay, so this is, I love this statement right here. Uh, comes, uh, it says that glutathione and its cellular and mitochondrial level. So mitochondria is a source of energy. It's the powerhouse of the cell. Yes. And not only does it make our, does it power our cells, but so our cells body, uh, power our and tissues body. and our organs and our entire body function. But the uh, glutathione is highly associated with health and longevity. <laughs> so, when you have, go, let's go back. If you, if you have too much homocysteine and your cysteine production is reduced, then you're not going to have as much nitric oxide. Right. If you don't have as much nitric oxide, you're not going to have as much glutathione in your body. Right. So why is, why is that important? Well, not only is, is that statement important, important about uh, health and longevity, but what role does glutathione play? Well, it's the main scavenger of free radicals in the body. It removes oxidating stressors of mercury, POPs, other substances that we take in mm-hmm. that cause cancer, cardiac disease, and a whole host of diseases. So you want glutathione because you want it to clean up the free radicals, ROS, uh, and some of the other 
talks about down here, endogenous and exogenous reactive oxygen species. So uh, the, the thing that I want to come down to on this last bullet point down at the bottom is the fact that we state that cysteine is the rate-limiting step for the production of glutathione. So how do we connect that? Well, if you're stuck in the middle with homocysteine because your body doesn't have enough uh, B vitamins, B6, uh, B9 in a, in a form of folate or B12 or methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase enzyme, then you're not going to get to the cysteine level. You're going to be stuck with too much homocysteine and you're not going to get enough glutathione or you're going to get less glutathione. Right. So this is really important when it comes to this discussion um, about homocysteine. Absolutely. So where are we now in this presentation? Uh, well, talked about systemic chronic inflammation, sarcopenia, metabolic syndrome, the, the mental effects of uh, SCI, including depression and cognitive decline. Talked a little bit about liver health, and we talked about the importance of glutathione, kind of touched on that. So let's talk about a few lifestyle choices that we can make right. that help reduce uh, homocysteine, reduce systemic chronic inflammation, improve liver health, and improve glutathione. Right. So this is a pretty this is a pretty cool chart. Uh, and I think I stole this. Where did I get this from? Endocrine Review. Okay. So uh, what they show here is that when we exercise, that myokines are released. And myokines not only make our muscle cells larger and our muscle tissues larger, make them stronger, make us stronger. But when, you, when we exercise, especially with resistance exercise, we're talking about using some weights, that myokines are released, improves your skin, it improves your, your clarity and thinking, helps reduce fat tissue. And improves your local response to injury through macrophage empowerment. Yeah. Your hormones, the GI tract, your pancreas, your liver, helps your bone formation and helps your circulation. I mean, these are these are huge. Um, and so what are myokines? I mean, myokines. So they're peptides that are produced by muscles, right? Mild muscle. And they have autocrine. So that means that those myokines affect the function of muscle cells, the cells around them, paracrine or endocrine, meaning the whole body. And I love this part right here. It says myokines mediate communication with other organs. Mm -hmm. And we already talked about it in the last uh, slide about the brain, the adipose tissue, liver, gut, pancreas. But they also talked about the fact that, uh, it, uh, hyper, uh, of course, hypertrophy we didn't mention, but in this context, it means the growth of the muscle tissue and then also the, lim the limiting or reducing of tumor growth. So I'm getting this. Uh, so exercise, especially resistance exercise, can help my overall body inflammation because it talks about IL-6 down here, mediating anti, having anti-inflammatory effects and tumor growth. Mm -hmm. So not only does exercise help all my, almost every body organ, right? But right. it also helps reduce, could help reduce tumors and because it has anti-inflammatory effects. Absolutely. So there's a, a lot of studies out about about exercise. And yes. I mentioned one earlier where uh, they talk about, well, there's some studies that say that aerobic exercise or too much increases homocysteine. I mean, really, when you look at the, uh, the, the literature overall, physical fitness reduces cardiovascular risk by up to 50% in middle-aged people. Um, there's always and, an outlier out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, always. Oh, I, I mean, aerobic or an, or uh, uh, resistant training. And, and right. this study, I really like this study because this is well-controlled. Didn't have a lot of subjects, but it was well-controlled. And this is indicative of a lot of the research that's, that's out there. In yes. this study, researchers showed that they, if, you, if uh, people on a treadmill three times a week, 
for 20 minutes at 60 to 75 percent of the heart of the heart rate for 12 re- weeks, re- reduced homocysteine, reduced uh, lipoprotein A, LDL, and raised HDL. So, I mean, that's a mark. That's remarkable. That's remarkable. You're talking about you're talking about 12 weeks, three times a week. That's 36 Absolutely. weeks, and you get those kinds of results. So, absolutely. Moderate, moderate exercise here is the key. Absolutely. So, in, so, 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 exercise is really important. Let's conclude with a few things that we, well, cho- choices that we can make. We have about a minute and a half left there. Okay. Okay. Good. So, <laughs> make a choice for regular exercise. Skeletal muscle produces anti-inflammatory, mild kinds of cytokines. Eat a balanced diet. Five servings of fruit and vegetables. Use olive oil, which is oh. anti-inflammatory. When we want it, when we ha- have a craving for junk food, try to make eat more veggies. Less fatty meat, dairy, dairy, less dairy, and less junk food. And then the foods rich in folate include our green leafy vegetables, spinach, kale, broccoli, asparagus, citrus fruits. I know that uh, fruits with berries are really, uh, like berry fruits are also really important. Yes. And then make sure we're getting enough absorbable B vitamins. Uh, we recommend, when I take myself, uh, a quality methylcobalamin is the only form of B12 that's, that goes it crosses the blood the blood brain barrier. Same for L methylfolate. We have two products: the Nova Plus B12 and Nufola. The Nova Plus B12 is more heavily weighted towards mental cognitive function. Nufola towards right. uh, uh, circulation. And we also and we didn't talk about this this time, but omega three is huge for anti inflammation. Absolutely. And hopefully, if we do these things, we'll be able to maintain homocysteine levels at a healthy level, reduce systemic chronic inflammation, increase liver health, increase glutathione, and hopefully. Potentiate a long and wonderful life. Dr. Lesser, you are always amazing. Thank you so very, very much. This is all great advice. And you can find a lot of these things at magnaweb.com. So please go take a look because he's worked very hard at formulating these things for you. Dr. Lesser, we reached the end. I appreciate you as always. I think we're going to bring you in and talk some omegas next time. Let's do that. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you, as always. Everybody have a great week. You've been enjoying The Better Life with Dr. Marianne Pinkston. For more information, go to drpthebetterlife.com. That's drpthebetterlife.com. And listen next week for The Better Life with Dr. Pinkston. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.